The Sens played a back-to-back to start the week. They've got another game tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. And how are my predictions holding up? We'll talk about all this and more in today's episode of the Sens Review Podcast. Let's go. The Ottawa Senators played two games to start the week, Sunday night and Monday night. First against the Leafs, first against the Canucks. We'll start with that. Then we are going to hop right into the Sens news. And then we're going to talk about my hot takes from the beginning of the season and see where they stack up now. My name's Owen Tucker, a.k.a. DJ O-Dog. Thanks for joining me here today on episode 14, three out of four of the Sens Review podcast. Now, like I just said in the title, the Sens got three out of a possible four points this weekend. I'm not going to complain one bit. Big dub against the Leafs, Battle of Ontario, then tough overtime loss to Vancouver, which, let's face it, Sens should have won. Ray Ferraro, as a guest on the Overdrive podcast on TSN, said it, said it pretty clearly and perfectly. Vancouver had no business winning that game, but, you know, we'll get into that. So, I, mean, I might be a bit rusty, because, you know, it's been a hot minute. Not to say that it was too great, the other episodes, but, you know, here it is. New schedule in place, at least every Wednesdays, possibly Saturdays. Depends how I'm feeling. This weekend, probably not, but we'll see how it goes. Depends. If we if we get an epic dub tonight, I might just have to talk about it on Saturday, but we'll see. So, let's get right into it. Sunday night, game 31. Leafs are in Ottawa against the Ottawa Senators. Notes heading into the game. Matt Murray got injured in warm-up. It's looking like an upper body injury. He goes over to Joey Decord, says, hey, I'm not going to be able to play today. So Joey gets the start, rather rushed, but he gets in anyways. First period, very great start for the Sens. I mean, you can't you can't make it any better. Three shots, seven seconds apart. Brady Kachuk scores the first goal of the game. Gotta love it. He's currently leading, tied with Drake Batherson, as we'll get into later. Tied with Batherson for the most goals on the Ottawa Senators team. Seven seconds later, Ryan Dezingle scores with an assist from Mike Riley and Clark Bishop. Clark Bishop, that assist being his first point as an Ottawa Senator. He was part of the trade that saw Maxime Lejoie head over to Carolina. Clark came back. He played in the AHL, kind of as a depth guy. Sens called him up because, you know, he's not going to make a huge impact on the, on the Belleville Sens. He's actually played really well so far, I'd say, in his, I think, three or four games now. But he's done well. Like I said, those two goals were seven seconds apart. Three shots. Michael Hutchinson, get him out of there. The Leafs swap him with Frederick Anderson. Now, eventually, later on in the period, Sens get a power play. And that was a big story of this game, at least I thought. And the next game. Actually, you know what? Just lately. Lately. The Sens power play? Absolute garbage. But, and, and, you know, it's it sucks. I mean, we don't really have any great stars at the moment. But, man... It's a it's brutal to watch sometimes. Sometimes you're like, oh, this is power plays buzzing. They should have a goal here, here, here. They're just either not going in or their power plays looking flaccid. But anyways, oh for one on the power play. Zach Hyman later on for the Leafs scores a goal in front, makes it two one sends. Listen, this is something I've been talking about since the beginning of the season, since the first game. I know Pierre Dorian brought in the likes of Eric Goodbranson, Josh Brown to you know kind of have that defensive presence from the net lay the body well Josh Brown hasn't played in a a hot minute 
And Eric Branson, he's done all right, but man, oh man, I, you still have five other defensemen who aren't doing anything in front of the net. And so there's been a bunch of goals. We'll see, we see it in the Vancouver game again, which we'll talk about. Too many goals in front, or too many defensemen out of position and causing a goal on the goalie. I find, you know, the Sens goalies haven't been excellent, and there's obviously that, but they also haven't had the defense to help them. So, anyway, Zach Hyman scores after a scramble in front. It's 2-1. Sens get another power play uh, near the end of the period. 0 for 2 on it. Shots at the end of the period are 14-7 to for Ottawa. So, Ottawa is dominating against the Leafs. Just that fluke there. Second period. Time goes by on the power play. Ooh, Artem Zub makes a nice play to keep the puck in the offensive zone. Gets it to... Uh, Timmy Stutzel, he has a nice shot, rings the post, or sorry, no, never mind, sorry, I'm getting that mixed up with a goal from uh, Vancouver, no, 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 never mind, Artem Zeb does keep the puck in the offensive zone, he does get to Stutzel, but this is where Stutzel makes his highlight reel uh, play, he goes, makes a toe drag on the backhand, passes across over everyone to an, a wide open Drake Batherson, and he's got nothing but net. And they make it 3-1 on the power play. They are now 1-3 for three on the power play. Then, 53 seconds later, Drake Batherson scores his second of the game. And the Sens are up 4-1. to one. Sens do take a penalty later on. They kill it off. They're 1-1 one for one on the PK. Shots 13-12 to 12 for Toronto in that first period. So they're coming back a little bit. But Ottawa's still staying in there. It's not like they're. It's not like the shots were 13-4. You know, they're still sticking in it. Third period, it's an intense period, I'm going to be honest. Ilya Mikheyev scores a goal, but it is called back, thankfully. DJ Smith makes a risky play. He he challenges the goal, and here's the risk for those of you, of you who don't know. When you challenge a goal, they implemented a new rule. Not this season, I don't think last season, I think it's been a few seasons now, but they implemented a rule. If you challenge a goal and... It, and the, the play on the ice stands, and it is a good goal, then not only do you have a goal against, you also get a two-minute penalty. So let's say Ottawa challenged that goal, and it, the goal is still counted. The score would be then be 4-2, and then the Sens would have to go on the PK. But there's the risk. Anyways, they, they, it, it, it didn't matter anyways because the goal came back. The reason it came back was because Pierre Engvall did a good job. I'll, you know, credit where credit's due. For the Leafs, he was in front of the net. He was in the crease. He was all good. He wasn't touching the goalie. However, when Joey went to make the save, his his reach. So it was a he was trying to make like a, a cross crease save basically, and when he slid, Engvall was basically in the way. Some people might argue it wasn't. I I thought it was goalie interference for sure, and it ended up being anyways. So. What's interesting later on, though, is that with six minutes left, over six minutes left, the Leafs pull Freddie Anderson to make it a six on five. And the Leafs end up scoring two goals. So, I mean, credit where credit's due there, too. But the Sens manage to hold on. And they win 4-3 shots, 36-31 to to Toronto uh, by the end of the game. But another big thing here, though, which was really nice to see, Joey Decord getting his first NHL win. Congratulations to him against the Leafs in his hometown. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. 
Joy Decord, you, I mean, he's a friend of the Locked On Senators podcast. He's such a great guy, and it's nice to see the NHL give him some recognition, too, on social media. It's nice to see that. So, that was Game 31. Again, 4-3 win against the Leafs. Now, let's get into Game 32, the Canucks at the Ottawa Senators. Notes heading into Game 32. Again, Canucks at Sens. Joey Decord is getting his back-to-back start. Second start of the season. Typically, you don't see goal the same goalie playing a back-to-back. Usually they're a bit tired, but this time they do it because again Matt Murray's still injured and they don't I think I believe Kevin Mandelis ended up being the emergency backup on the game against Toronto. This game, Philip Gustafson was the backup. Thankfully he didn't have to play. Uh, I think he's been doing well in Belleville, if I can recall, but anyways, I'm getting off track here. Joy Decord's getting the start. First period. This was an interesting game. Never mind period, just the game as a whole. It was an interesting game. The Sens played extremely well. I think everyone was like, kind of like the pity clap, you know, like, uh, you know, good job, Sens. But it was an interesting game, and it starts with this play. Thomas Shabbat. Arguably one of our best players. Has <laughs> an awful turnover. He turns the puck over like right in front of the net and lets the other team get a shot. Thankfully, it hits the post, but holy moly, that would have been a crappy way to start the game. And I mean, the Sens lost this, but it was an OT. Who knows what it would have been like if they had scored that first goal. Because we know about the Sens team is, or what we know about the Sens team, sorry, is that they're young. And, you know, that means they're more susceptible to emotional play They're, you know if they get down early they might not be able to come back from that but like I said thankfully it hits the post now Brady Kachuk did score a goal but it got called back and another odd rule it was because it was because the ref whistled just before the puck went in but even if it the the ref didn't whistle the ref was intending to whistle and so a rule in hockey is that whenever the if if there's a goal scored, but the ref was going to call the whistle and he had intention, then it doesn't count. So, anyways, uh, the goal was called back. Shots at this point were 6-1 to one for Ottawa, just to kind of set the tone. Now, former Ottawa Senator Jace Howerlick scores uh, a goal after a battle in front, and more specifically, after a, a missed assignment by Colin White. Now, that's an important name to remember. Colin White, one of our centers. He's locked in for the next few years for $4 million. Didn't do so well last year by his standards. He had a rookie year, played great. Last year, iffy. But anyways, he loses the defensive faceoff, and then he's supposed to be there, but he really wasn't, or he didn't do much. And so Jace Howlick scores, and it makes a 1-0 Canucks, former auto center. Since you get a power play, but again, nothing on it, so they're one for, oh, 0 for 1, sorry. And this one, again, Colin White. This was the big, weirdest play of the night. The Sens are battling to the, uh, behind to the left of, the, of their own net. Colin White's right in there. He's kind of got the puck. He's holding it there. And you can hear it in the audio. You just hear, White, White, as if someone's calling his name, right? I don't think anyone really figured out who it was. I think they were thinking it was Tanner Pearson. But he passes it blindly right open to Tanner Pearson of the Canucks and he shoots a pass Joey. I mean, I don't know what Joey was supposed to do there. 
Now, the big thing was, though, even if it was a teammate who said his name, in what world do you just pass it blindly? Like, holy moly, awful play. Man, 2 nothing Canucks, and it was not matching what the Sens were doing. And, you know, it sucked. It made me think, I know hockey's a team sport, but it really can be affected by just one player, and we're seeing it with Colin White. No offense to him. He ended up redeeming himself later on. But, anyway, Sens hit uh, two posts after that, and it ends with them on the power play. Shots were 18-8 to for Ottawa just in the first period. Now, the second period. Again, starting on the power play, didn't get anything going. They're 0 for 2. Josh Norris does score a goal after, though. Um, you know, I think I wrote Artem Zub twice, and that's why I got confused. He, I don't think he got an assist on this. No, wait, no. I'm confused. You know what? I think here's what I did. Here's what I did. The Leafs goal where Tim Stutzel fed it to Drake Batherson, that one I don't think was assisted by Artem Zub. But this one was the one I meant where Tim Zeb kept it in. He got it to Stutzel. Stutzel hit the post. This is, okay, yeah, this is the goal I was talking about. I got confused there. Tim Stutzel, he hits the post. Great shot, but it goes right to Norris. And Norris kind of just sends a half clapper, a half bomb. And it beats uh, Thatcher Demko, who's basically a sends killer, as we've learned this season. But the sends have cut the lead 2-1. to one. Stutzel takes a nice shot, and the puck goes over the shoulder of Demko and just hops over the top of the net, like bounces on the netting. Awful. Um, Artem Zub making a nice play, a nice little dangle to get a partial breakaway. The announcers at the time thought it should have been a penalty shot, but what are you going to do? Ends up being a, a power play. Sens don't score on that. They're over 3. After that, they draw another penalty. They're over 4 because they don't score on that because their power play is awful. Biggest play of the period, though, I'd say. Austin Watson blocked a really scary shot. Nate Schmidt had a one-timer, and he clapped it, and Watson blocked it with his throat. Oh, as soon as he stepped, you just see the blood from his throat. Lucky he didn't break anything. But, man, shots were 12-7 that period, but I'm just going to say, like, sticking with the Watson thing, he went off immediately. But then they got a, they had to go on the penalty kill, to start the third period, and the first one out is Austin Watson. So kudos to him. You could see the puck mark, like it was just red. It's probably going to be purple and blue tonight, but it is what it is. They kill the penalty kill, thankfully, and then Colin White getting redemption. DJ Smith pulls the goalie with two minutes left, and I do want to say credit to DJ Smith because you, Colin White's made two mistakes. Both have cost a goal, but DJ Smith... He, he kind of said after play, you could kind of see, you know, Colin White was wanting one. And so I, I kudos to DJ Smith because he made an excellent decision to give White a chance. And it ended up working out in the end. So Colin White went out and just seconds after going out, Brady Kachuk gets the puck from two Vancouver defenders and feeds it right to Colin White, who just throws it on net with a nice slap shot, ties it up 2-2. Two, two. Shots were 17-11 to 11 in the third period. Again, Ottawa leading that category and they're going to overtime now dj smith made a few bad decisions in overtime i think there's been a few times now where we've seen that which is unfortunate but uh, anyways you see who was it it was norris uh kachuk and shabbat who started the overtime that's excellent to see you love to see the young guys getting the starts then you throw he threw out 
I think it was Stutzel, Batherson, I can't, I can't remember who the defender was, but they only threw him out for 24 seconds, and then they put Norris, Kachuk, and Shabbat back out for the rest of it. And it, it was a bad play by Shabbat. Kachuk couldn't do anything. So basically, Vancouver has in the neutral zone Shabbat. Kachuk's back for Shabbat as the defender. He's a left wing. And Shabbat kind of like lazily makes his way to the bench, but Kachuk doesn't know if he's going in to go for the puck or if he's going for a line change. So Shabbat's or so Kachuk rather is standing at the Ottawa blue line. Turns out Shabbat was going to the bench, so JT Miller takes the puck and just catches Kachuk flat footed who falls over because he yeah, what's he supposed to do? JT Miller has a breakaway, fakes out um Joey Decord, which is really unfortunate. But the Canucks win OT. Again, Ray Ferraro said it best. They had no business winning this game, but shots were 46-28 to 28 for Ottawa. But, I mean, three out of four points were last in the division. I'm not going to complain. That was an excellent effort. And I said on Twitter, I think this is a glimpse, just a, just a glimpse into the future of what this team can be when these stars really hit their prime. And that was something the boys on Locked On Senators said a few times. Brady Kachuk hasn't even entered his prime yet, and he's one of our best players. You know, heading into the season, I was like, you know, there's the debate. Shabbat or Kachuk, who's going to be the captain? I was kind of leaning Shabbat, but so far this season, I've been team Kachuk. Don't get me wrong. Holy moly, he, he's been leading this team on and off the ice. He's a lovely personality. I think when it comes to contract extension this year, because he does need a contract, I think after he signs it, I think Kachuk's going to be the captain, and I will not complain. He's 21 right now, I believe, so he'll be 22 next year. A young captain, but, I mean, holy moly, he's he, he I think he's the youngest player to score 50 career goals for the Ottawa Senators, or one of. So I, I'm not going to complain with that at all. So those were the two games. Again, three out of four points. I've said enough now. Three stars of the two games. Third stars, break a check. He had the goal in the first game, hit lots of posts, and with um, that final great assist to tie the game against Vancouver, he, he leads the way there. Tim Stutzel gets the second uh, star. It was kind of torn between, or I was, sorry, kind of torn between Stutzel and Kachuk. But Stutzel is, you know, he had the highlight real play. So I'll, I'll give him the edge there. They both had a goal and assist but uh, this weekend. But I'll, I'll give it to Stutzel there. And then first star, Joy Decord, getting his first win and then an overtime loss. I think the overtime loss, I think you take away those two goals from, because uh, you take away those two goals from Colin White and, or well, both were caused by Colin White, but you take away those two goals and we're looking at a completely different game, a much better save percentage, which, oh, that's something scary I'll talk to, about, talk to you about in a sec. But anyway, so Brady Kachuk's my third star, Tim Stutzel's my second, and Joy Decord, the goalie, getting the first. I think he's going to be the new backup. You know, no offense to Marcus Hogberg, but I think everyone expected him to play a little bit better this year than he has been. And Joy Decord, I mean, I think he's earning it right now. Bruce Garriock said he doesn't believe it. That's okay. I mean, there's still time. This is only two games, but they were two great games for Joy Decord. So we'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. So now we'll get into the Sens news and where my predictions lie. Am I going to do a little music skip thingy break? No, let's keep rolling. Let's keep rolling with the momentum. We're going, we're doing well. We're doing well. So, Sens have some, well, you know, we'll start with some injuries because there's been some injuries 
Matt Murray, obviously, we talked about. He's got an upper body injury. He's been said to be day-to-day. Artem Anisimov, haven't seen him in a while. He's ranked day-to-day with an upper body injury. Marcus Hogberg, lower body injury. Didn't see, didn't see anything about him, whether or not he's day-to-day. And then Derek Stepan, he's out for the season, which is kind of... I mean, it, it says he's got a torn shoulder labrum. I have no idea what that is. I'm going to be completely honest. Sounds awful. I would never want that. But he's out for the season. I have no idea if that's something you'd expect for that kind of injury. Again, sounds awful. But, I mean, there's $6 million on um, on LTIR. Not that the Sens need the cap space right now, but, yeah. So much for Derek Stepan leading the way here with the veteran presence, but I don't know. Also, today alone, the Sens have made two uh, two pretty good, or maybe not good, I, I guess it's too early to say, but pretty interesting, um, I don't, don't want to say house, house cleaning uh, moves, but... First, they claimed uh, Anton Forsberg from the Jets. He's a goaltender. Uh, he's 28 years old, 48 games played, zero this season, which is concerning, and he's got a career .908 save percentage. I think this one's mostly just because Ottawa's had to call up Joey Decord and Kevin Mandelizzi and Philip Gustafson, I think it's made it difficult on the Belleville Senators because there they are. They've had a bad start to the season, unfortunately. Uh, to be fair to them, though, they've also lost all the young guys who were on their team last year, basically. So that's unfortunate for them. But part of the problem, I would I would think, is the goaltending. They haven't had consistent goaltending because Ottawa's had to call them up for the taxi squad and yada, yada, yada. So I think with this move, they'll either stick them in the AHL or what they I would think they do is to get the young guys playing. They'll put Gustafsson... At, once Murray comes back, okay, let's, let's say... Not tonight. I think Decord's supposed to get the start tonight. But let's say... Cause I, I, so, okay. Let's rewind here a bit. There's the Sens game tonight. And then I believe they have two days off. I believe. And then I think they have a game and then another two days off. I think that's how it's working. I haven't checked the schedule. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm just going off hearsay. I think what they want to do is by that time... Not tonight, but by the next game, I would think Matt Murray's ready to come back. Should that be the case, Marcus Hogberg is still likely to be injured. But then you'll have Matt Murray and Joey Decord as your starter and backup, theoretically. What Anton bringing Anton Forsberg do, does is that means you don't have to have Gustafsson or Mandelis on the taxi squad. Because on the taxi squad, they're probably not going to play a whole lot of games in the NHL. So what that will do is that will allow them to send um, Gustafsson and... Mandalese to the AHL so they could actually get some plays in they can, can can develop for next year meanwhile you don't have to worry about Anton Forsberg singing in the taxi squad because I mean it, 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 he won't be playing but he's 28 he's not going to develop likely I mean you see it you see late bloomers but I mean chances are no <laughs> so anyways there's that I, I think it's kind of just a move to keep some consistency a little bit with the goaltending at least for Belleville I think that's a responsible move by Pierre and Minor, but responsible. And then they also signed fifth-round pick by the Ottawa Senators, Angus Cruikshank. I think I talked about him in an earlier episode as well. Um, but anyways, he's 21 years old. I couldn't find what position he plays. So, I, But if I remember correctly, because I'm pretty sure I talked about him in one of the first episodes of the podcast, I'm thinking left wing. That's what I'm thinking. I'll have to check. I'll find that out for you next or you know what? Actually, huh? oh, a little bit of, huh? I'll uh, 
I'll post it on Twitter, you know, or uh, Instagram. Eh? A little bit of, a little bit of, uh, what is it called? I messed it up. Self-promotion, I guess. What's that called, though? It's not a product. I, I think I'm thinking of product placement, but it's not that. Well, that didn't, that, that, yeah, I ruined that. But, you know what, I'll find that out before the game, which is in an hour. So, again, sorry, late podcast episode, but it's, in a, it's an hour for me. It's 6 o'clock right now. Um, anyways, I'll find a position, I'll post it on Twitter, and, uh, I'll post it on my Instagram story for you to find out at, oh, uh, oh, geez, I had it written down. I mean, can't remember my own social media. Uh, I'll post it on Twitter at odog62 and on Instagram story at dj.odog. Shameless, shameless social media promotion right there. But anyways... He was signed to a three-year entry-level deal. Starting next year, he's playing for the New Hampshire Wildcats so far this season. He has nine goals, 18 points, and 20 games. Kind of promising. Uh, Pierre Dorian said he's he's been l- basically lighting it up in the college. I mean, I don't know if 18 points and 20 games is lighting it up. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. But anyways, that those are kind of the big deals today. Now, heading into the game tonight, just to go over the lines... Starting with our first line, moving down to our goalies, we have Kachuk, Norris, and Connor Brown. Nick Paul, who's played excellent. I, I liked watching Paul play last year. I was present at the game with my girlfriend when he scored, I think it was two goals against San Jose when Eric Carlson came back. Love to see that. That was an excellent game. Um, anyway, sorry, Nick Paul, Colin White. And Evgeny Danov on the second line, Tim Stutzel, Chris Tierney, and Drake Batherson on the third line. I really like that line. And then you have Ryan Dezingle, Clark Bishop, and Austin Watson. I really like seeing the speed of Dezingle with the speed of Clark Bishop. I had no idea Clark Bishop was this fast. And Dezingle, I knew was fast. I was a fan of Dezingle. I was disappointed to see him go. I was actually really excited when Ottawa traded for him again this season, reacquiring him. I think it's a fit. I really like the single. Um, and so it's nice to see him have the speed to play with uh, Clark Bishop and vice versa. Then defense, you have Thomas Shabbat, Nikita Zaitsev, uh, Mike Riley, sorry, Mike Riley with Artem Zub. Zub has been amazing. He's he's put in effort every game he's played. One of my fa- n- favorite newest players. Um, few people, oh, I forget his name, apologies, on Twitter. But he said... Um, earlier in the season when Artem Zub played that he's been one of the best acquisitions of Pierre Dorian. And I don't, you know what? I agree. Artem Zub, he's 25 now, so not the youngest of prospects, but the third, I believe the third rookie in Ottawa's lineup, and he's played excellent. Then you have Christian Willanen, who's kind of struggled, and Eric Goodbranson. Goalies, again, Joey Decord with Eric Gustafson backing him up. So that's the latest in the Sens news. Hanging to tonight. Now I should say, I think if the Sens come back with the same effort before, they should be good. I will say, though, I do think Vancouver will push back. I think it will be a tougher game. would not be surprised if the Sens lose. But if the Sens... I, I think the key here is this. I think the Sens need to come out with the same energy they did on Monday night. Now, the, what they need to do is what they also need to do on Monday night. If the Vancouver Canucks score a goal, the main thing I'll be watching for is making sure the Sens do not let up. You know, I don't want them to get down their dumps early on. I think if they come back out with the same pressure, with little cockiness, I, I think they'll do well. Now, let's get into uh, kind of a fu- fun segment I wanted to do for a while now. I just haven't uploaded any podcast episodes. 
where am I where am I looking here or what am I looking at here when it comes to my season predictions and my hot takes? Some of them are kind of close. Some of them are way off. I'm going to be honest. But let's start with the standings, for example. Toronto's in first. They have lit it up early on. Kind of struggled the past few games. Again, Ottawa showing them what's what. 30 games played, 19 wins, 9 losses, 2 overtime losses for 40 points. Winnipeg's close behind tw with 2 games in hand with 28 games played. 17 wins, 9 losses, and 2 overtime losses for 36 points. Also with 36 points, in third place is Edmonton, but with 31 games played, they have 18 wins, 13 losses, and 0 overtime losses. I, I, I mean... Yeah, I'll, I'll finish the standings first. Montreal has 28 games played as well. They're in fourth. They've kind of slowed down a bit, but they're 13, 8, and 7 with 33 points. Calgary is just outside the playoffs in fifth with 29 games played, 14, 12, and 3 for 31 points. And Vancouver is sixth with 32 games played, uh, tied for the most games in the division, 14, 16, and 2, so negative record. 30 points, and then Ottawa, bottom of the division, in 7th, 32 games played, 10, 20, and 2 for 22 points. Now, again, Ray Ferraro made a good point, too. Ottawa's done better than everyone expected. They've been in the games. They haven't been, they've blown out by a few, but most of them, they've been in the running, which is good to see. Now, what I was going to say is, Edmonton's in third right now. I don't, I don't think Edmonton's going to make the playoffs. There, you can consider that a second hot take of the season, if you will. I don't think so. Because, sure, they're in third place with 36 points. Three points up on Montreal. But Montreal also has three games in hand. And now that Calgary's got their new coach, Daryl Sutter, and he's been playing, or and they've been playing better. I watched the last game, Edmonton versus Calgary. Calgary played well. It was a close game, but Calgary did play really well. They've, they're looking better defensively. They look like they've got purpose. That was something, you know, people have been talking about the new Calgary Flames, quote-unquote, but... I think the biggest thing is they look like they're playing with a purpose. So you love to see it. So anyways, heading into the season, I said it was going to be Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal, Vancouver, Ottawa. So, so far, I've got Toronto, right? Winnipeg, they're up two spots. I think, yeah. I mean, I said it too, though. Canadian division is kind of, you know, excuse my French, but a bit of a shit show, to be honest. I mean, they're just all so good. But, well, I mean... Odd was kind of bad, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, yeah, so I said Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal, Vancouver, and Ottawa. I'd say Vancouver and Ottawa are kind of home runs. I, th I think I've hit those for sure. Toronto, they have time to mess it up and not be first, but they're going to make the playoffs. Calgary, they're going to make the playoffs, I think. Calgary's in fifth right now. I think they'll come back and grind it out, and I think they will win. But here's, here's the thing. So Edmonton... Basically, what I'm thinking is, it's really a battle between Edmonton, Montreal, and Calgary. Winnipeg, yeah, sure, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. So they're just fighting for first with Toronto. In terms of just making the playoffs, Edmonton, Montreal, and Calgary, I think, are the main competitors. I honestly think it's going to be Montreal and Calgary making the playoffs. I don't think Edmonton's going to make it. I could be wrong. I mean, they're in a playoff spot now, but and Montreal has regressed a bit, but... I don't know. If Montreal does slide out of the playoffs, I'm okay with that because that'll mean I've I guessed the bottom three correctly. But yeah, I just think I think the way I see it, it's just like if Edmonton makes the playoffs, Montreal or Calgary doesn't. 
I, I for some reason I can just picture I can only really picture Montreal and Calgary making the playoffs together. I I, I mean obviously one of them's going to make it, it but I don't know. Anyways, so that's that prediction. Not crazy far off to be honest. Now, uh, goals per game. I said it was going to go up to two point six eight per game. I was you know we have we have additions like Dadanov and now Zingle. So, you know, I thought we would, and you had Stepan, and so I thought goals were going to go up. Um, right now, goals are 2.59, so not crazy off, but they are 25th in the league. Goals against average, this is brutal, 3.97. They're 31st. That's brutal. I said it was going to be 2.5. I was hoping for a positive record, so I said 2.68 goals uh, per game, 2.5 goals against. Two-point goals, or sorry, 2.68 goals is close. Goals against is way off. They're letting in everything. But uh, power play, I think it was f uh, 14% last year. And so I said it was going to go up to 19%. Again, because you've got guys like Danov coming in who are power play specialists. They can get the puck in the net. Plot twist, they can't. The, <laughs> the power play percentage is 15% right now, 26 in the league. So it is better than last year's, but holy moly. Watching the power play, again, like I said, it looks great or it doesn't. And if it does look great, odds are it's not going in the net. So that sucks. Penalty kill, that's been disappointing. The penalty kill's been down. I think it was over 75% last year. Now it's 74.3. 24 in the league, so I mean that's their best stat of those four. But I guessed it would be 80%. So far I'm way off there. Goals, I said it would be Evgeny Dadanov. Now I, I realized I didn't include the numbers I predicted. So I predicted the stats. So for example, for Evgeny Dadanov, I predicted 29 goals. What I totally didn't consider, for, I don't know why, but for some reason I totally forgot that they weren't playing a full 82 game. So the odds of him scoring 29 goals in 56 games, kind of slim. But, anyways, I uh, either way, I, I still predicted I've gained that enough. That's been disappointing. I think he's only got three or four goals. Right now, Drake Batherson and Brady Kachuk are tied for the lead in the team with 11. So, I mean, that is nice to see. Thomas Shabbat has the most assists with 16. I did predict Thomas Shabbat having the most assists, although it's a pretty easy guess by my standards, let's be honest. It was kind of a give me. Uh, plus minus, I didn't guess on this one because it's such a wacky stat. Sometimes it matters, sometimes it doesn't. Depends what discussion you're having. And even then, it's just, it's just, I would say, almost impossible to predict unless you're breaking down the calculations, which let's, I, I'm just not going to do. I'm not going to do. But anyways, Clark Bishop, plus one. I mean, probably the least amount of games played in the on the team, but Hey, you know, you never know. Power play goals. Drake Batherson with three. I guess of gained that enough. Wrong so far. Might not be too far off. And then goalie wins. Uh, I guess Matt Murray. And I guess correctly, because so far Matt Murray has seven. Oh, only seven. Save percentage. Now, this is probably the worst send stat I have ever seen. It's just so dis It's just disappointing, especially compared to what I predicted. I predicted Matt Murray having the best save percentage, and I said I would be—I mean, I'd be happy with anything over 900, but I would like to see it for a starter. I was explaining this to my girlfriend. As a backup goalie, a save percentage over 9.05 is pretty—or 0.905 is pretty good. I'll take that. A starter, I would say, needs to be at least 0.910. And so I guessed that. I said Matt Murray would have at least a 0 .910 save percentage. The save percent, whoever has the best save percentage on the Sens, it's Joey Decord. So you'll have to see it. 
issue here. It's 0.896. It's not even over. Ugh, it's not even over 900. Ugh, I mean, he has played better the past two games. And I think that's brought save percentage up. I think before it was like 0.886. So, I mean, blech. it's just a brutal stat to see. It makes me disappointed, to be honest. Really, I think the forward group's looking better. They do need to score on the power play. But if I had to make a change to the Sens right now, as bad as that save percentage is, I don't think I would change the goaltending a whole lot. I wish I gave, or I wish they gave Matt Murray a little bit less money, but I would. Def it's the defense. I think the defense is the biggest issue here. I mean, you look at the left side. You've got Riley and Mulanen. I think Riley is a third pairing defenseman. He's playing on the second pair. Zaitsev, he should be in the bottom four. He's our top. He's paired top line with Shabbat. Goodbranson. People have been saying he shouldn't even be playing in the league. So I mean. There's that. But anyways, finally, we've, we've got the hot takes. So those were the uh, predictions. Kind of 60-40 in term or 40-60, I guess. But I'm happy with it. I mean, some of the stats I'm not happy with. But in terms of how close I am, I, I, I'm happy with that. Now for the hot takes. One of the things about hot takes is, are they going to be, are they going to come true? Probably not. But starting with, moving our way up from, I had six hot takes. First one, I said, Alex Galchenyuk is going to score 20-plus goals. I mean, well, he's not on the team anymore. So, he could. I doubt it, because he hasn't played since he's left Ottawa. But, assuming he, uh, even, if, even if he did score 20 goals the next 20 games or whatever, 24 games, I guess, it, it, it's not it, it's not going to be on the sense. So, that's, that's a nope. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number five is possible. I said Murray has a comeback year. He struggled in Pittsburgh. That's why they let him go to Ottawa for only a second, which looked like a steal. Again, he hasn't played well this season. But it is still possible. There's still games to be played once he comes back from injury. He, he could. He could do better. Number four. This one's actually... I like this one. I like this hot take. I said Colin White's going to have a rebound season. So last year, in 27 games, he had 8 goals, 6 assists, 14 points in 61 games. Or, sorry, no. Wait a minute. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I just read to you his stats this season. Last season, he had 7 goals, 16 assists for 23 points in 61 games. For $4 million, for over $4 million, that's not enough. I think he's making 4.25 for the next... I think when he signed it, it was a 6-year deal. I think that was, I think this is his second year on it. So after this, I think there's still four years at that. So he's got to step up. And so that was my prediction. I think he costs too much for the Sens to let let just slide down the lineup. So anyways, 23.61 games. I said he have a rebound year. I think it's possible. I think he's doing well. He's already got more goals than last year. He's got eight. Uh, and assists, he only has six. But there's still, again, he's only played 27 games. 14 points. I think it's totally possible. He might match it, but even if he... Let's say he matches the 23 points, I'd consider that a W because it's a shortened season. Over an 82-point season, or 82-game season, he'd have more points than that. So let me take a drink of water. I, this is why I should have taken the break. I should have done the little musical intro thing. Not intro. What do you call that? I don't know. I'm taking my water. noise now number three also possible so i'd say so four 
five, four, and three are the possible ones. Six, two, and one are out of the question. But number three, Timmy Stutzel, I said, would win the Calder. He's second in voting right now and second in rookie scoring. So it's possible. I mean, Capril Kiprasov. Kip, hmm. Kapril Kiprasov of the Minnesota Wild has lit up. He's 25, so there's been the debate of, oh, should people over 23 be able to win the Rookie of the Year? I was always kind of against it, although I was listening to a podcast by Ian Mendes and Haley Steinfield. I think I said her last name right. Apologies if I didn't. On The Athletic. In their podcast, they had a guest on. Totally forget his name. He said, though, it goes to the best player who's most proficient in their first year in the NHL. So... I mean, that kind of just defining the terms there. I mean, yeah. I, I think if Kaprasov does wins it, win it, like, kind of like Panarin did a while ago, it's deserved. Either way, Stutzel, he still has a chance. There's still opportunity. Now, I said Ottawa Sanders for number two would make the playoffs. No, they will not. <laughs> I think it's pretty much mathematically impossible for them to make the playoffs. I could be wrong, but it's, yeah. Vancouver's the closest team with 30 points. Their Ottawa's at 22. I, just, They would have to get 10 points over Montreal, who has four games in hand. I mean, Montreal would have to lose the next four games just for Ottawa to get, tie them. I mean, odds aren't in Ottawa's favor. Now, finally, number one it was the biggest one. I said Ottawa Sanders were going to trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois or offer sheet Matthew Barzal. Islanders re-signed Matthew Barzell, so they did not offer sheet. And Pierre-Luc Dubois did get traded to Canadian team, but it was Winnipeg. Um, I mean, in hindsight, probably, yeah, Pierre-Luc Dubois probably wouldn't have stayed in Ottawa. But basically my reasoning was Islanders were short on cap. They ended up fixing it, but I was like, listen, Ottawa doesn't have a top-line center. Norris has done excellent. Excuse me, Josh Norris has played excellent. I think people are forgetting that. Last year in the AHL was his first year as a pro, like being paid. Maybe not paid, but be as a pro. Like he won the rookie scoring lead last year, and now he's like our top line center in the NHL. I think that is impressive. I think that's amazing. I don't think enough people are talking about it. So anyways, at the time I was like, we still need a top line center. Still, if I had to choose between Norris and Matthews, I'm choosing Ma Matthews. So Norris is our top-line center. doesn't mean he's a good top-line center, but he's better than what we expected. At the, so basically my reason was we need a top-line center. You either draft those or you make you sign them in free agency or you make an insane trade. I, was, I, I don't know what you'd give up, but I was basically like, oh, yeah, we need a top-line center. We still do, but that was my reasoning. Odds are Winnipeg's not going to trade him. And, yeah, so I think that's the end of the episode today. Kind of ended up going longer than I expected, but I'm not going to complain. Another another inconsistency I haven't uploaded. I didn't realize how drastic the my time off has been in terms of podcast uploads. Uh, I think the last one was in January, so some might say it's been a hot minute. But yeah, that's that. That's that. I guess episode fourteen. Not too shabby. Yeah, I'm just kind of kind of pondering that and you know i've said it many times before you know what i'm just going to say it again i've got a schedule i'll see you guys next wednesday or saturday i don't know 
look out on Saturday. You'll find out if you follow me on Twitter at odog62 or on Instagram at dj.odog. In which case, I'll let, I'll let you guys know if there'll be an episode on Saturday. It depends. Just sees how much homework I've got. Again, still first year of college. And then definitely next Wednesday, though, at the very least. Basically, what I'm thinking is for the schedule, at least once a week, either on the Saturday or the Wednesday. But I'll let you know again on social media if you follow me there. Um, but yeah, also, another thing you can do, uh, what I've started, you can follow me on Twitch at DJ Odog. Uh, I'll be streaming tomorrow. I've started a uh, Seattle franchise mode in NHL 21. play other games, so I'm just doing the NHL thing right now. Idea is I do the stream, edit, upload to YouTube. That's the idea. Test the waters there. So anyways, at the very least, you can watch the stream. So if you'd like to do that, look me up. I'll do it tomorrow. I think I said 7.30 is when I do it. 6.30 maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But thanks for hanging in there for this episode. It's been a good one, I think. I like this one. One of my better ones, I think. I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the dub with this one. Get better every time, I like to think. Oh too long. Too long. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Bye.